Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGN Bakersfield. Your home for all your variety hits, just like the Aaron's Opinion podcast. Welcome back, listener. How are you? I'm glad you had a good week. Tonight, we have a very special guest joining us, someone who I found out about recently, who has a great podcast called The Blind Grilling Experience. His name is Chris Peltz. He encourages blind people to, well, do a lot of grilling and be independent in the kitchen and successful in their lives. Welcome, Chris. How are you doing this evening? Man, I am happier than a blue tick hound with his head out the window driving down the road. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. <laughs> so, um, I, um, I mean, I was listening to some of your content, and I, I forget uh, precisely how you, how you became blind. I will tell you that for, for you listeners, you already know this, but for Chris, I'll tell you uh, that I, I was born blind with glaucoma. I've been blind my whole life. I'm 28 years old, uh, um, and I'm a teacher by trade, by, you know, my day job as a teacher. And I got into podcasting because I felt that there are not enough strong podcasts for blind people around the world to talk about critical issues in the blindness community. So, you know, I had so many complaints with the options. I thought, well, if I want to complain about podcasts, why don't I start my own podcast. It started in uh, last fall and I did a lot of monologues and only very recently have I transitioned, you know, into Apple, the radio stations, and then doing so much, um, you know, guesting and all of that. It's really taken off uh, from here. So my question to you is, uh, how did you, how'd you get into the grilling and tell us about your interest in cooking and food? All right, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've been grilling since I was a little kid, I grew up on a farm in Missouri and it, it was just something that was pretty natural you know, for us to do. We, we did a lot of cooking outside. Um, and then after, you know, growing up and leaving home, it was just something I continued to do. Uh, but I started losing my sight when I was 10 years old. I, I have retinitis pigmentosa. So RP. Got it. And, got it. And so, you know, I lost, I lost quite a bit of my sight, 80%. In fact, from age 10 to 16. So, mm, you know, mm. by the time I was 16, I'm definitely legally blind and just small tunnel vision. And then uh, I'm 45 now and about 13 years ago, I lost all usable vision. Um, right, but, right. you know, but I, I just love cooking is something that I've, I've always done. I've always had a passion for, I love to eat. If anyone could see me, they could tell that right off the bat. So oh, I love I love to eat too. In fact, just before I came into my studio, I was eating some some uh, some uh, schnitzel and kasha. So I love to eat too. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Do, do you love Do you love schnitzel and kasha? Uh, schnitzel, but uh, not not the not the kasha. <laughs> <laughs> not the kasha. Well, okay yeah. then. <laughs> Well, no. okay. All right. Well, geez. Fine. You're fine. You don't get any kasha then. That's right. God. Jeez. All right. Well, I must, I must, uh, nothing. No, okay. Yeah, this, this is what, this is why. see, this is why I have this podcast because honestly, I just, this is, put it simply, this just makes me happy talking to people all over the world. Right. Um, and it's those, it's those types of answers that just, God, you got to write that stuff down. Isn't it great <laughs> that we're being recorded so that we don't have to rem remember? Did, did, yeah. Chris, did, did that guy Chris Belts from Blind Grilling tell Aaron Richmond that he won't eat kasha? Well, you're going <laughs> to deny it years from now. I'm, I'm going to make sure that we have this recording now. You aren't going to. Yeah, that's right. that's right. That guy that won't eat kasha. All right. You, fine. You won't eat kasha. Well, you know what? Um, that's, that's fascinating. As far as your vision loss goes, I must tell you from the bottom of my heart that from a, from a philosophical standpoint, <clears throat> I was interviewing a guest a few weeks ago. If you've been following my show, he, he was a retired uh, correctional officer at a prison 
and now he's blind. That was a fascinating, that was a fascinating and disturbing conversation. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that he said is that when you, you, when you lose your vision later on in life, it's, it's really a different type of experience. And, and that's an experience that I cannot comprehend because I was born blind. I never had to deal with the loss. Um, so all I can say is I, I really do not understand at all philosophically how challenging that must have been to be losing your vision in, in secondary school in those critical years of a teenager. That must have been just really, I mean, I, can, I cannot imagine well, and, you know, and I'm in the same boat as you in that respect when it comes to someone like uh, your previous guest who, as an adult, suddenly lost their sight. I, I, I can't imagine that and don't know what that would be like right. because going into adulthood, I knew that my sight was going. It was bad to begin uh, with. Oh, okay. I, I see, you know. got, got, got you. Got, yeah, I, I see your point. But to me, it's kind of this, it's kind of similar because you both lost your vision later on in life. Yeah, but that's but true. no, you're that's a good point that you lost your that's a, that's a very good distinction. You lost your vision as a child, and he lost his vision as an adult. But either way, that must be um, immensely that must be really that must be bizarre. But yeah. So so when you get on the grill, what's your what's your favorite meal? Okay, now don't don't give me kasha. I know I'm not getting kasha. But, <laughs> That's right. But what but what am I what am I getting um, if if I if I came over and you you grilled something? What's what, what's on the menu? My favorite thing um, is is brisket. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got to got to be brisket. Um, I'm not big on pork altogether, but you know a good you know ribs and and pulled pork obviously is a staple, but. Um, but I, you know, do a lot of burgers. I do a lot of steaks and, and a lot of, a lot of brisket, but, uh, I, I usually smoke just about everything. Um, so it's not necessarily a hot and fast grill situation that, uh, even though we do some of that, I, you know, and I'll do some of that, but generally, uh, I do a little bit lower and slower, you know, smokehouse style food. Uh, even with my burgers, I'll do a smokehouse burger, uh, and, uh, you know, just really low and slow heat, uh, and take my time and yeah, that, that's probably my favorite though, is brisket. Brisket. All right. Excellent. And, and, and what are your sides? You know, that, that is, there's so many, um, that, that's kind of a, a tough one. Um, Obviously, potatoes. I mean, you know, steak and potatoes is kind of a staple anyway, but uh, double-baked, or rather stuffed, double-smoked baked potatoes. Twice-baked, twice yeah, yeah, twice-baked. So, yeah. And then um, we, we do a lot of asparagus. Uh, we do a lot of casseroles, baked uh, macaroni, you know, or smoked macaroni and cheese. Um, mm. So we do we do pizzas uh, as well. That's a little bit higher heat, but we'll do pizzas or even breads. Everything and really my approach to grilling has been if you can do it inside, I can do it outside on the grill. And and that's been my approach. If somebody cooks something inside, I I want and I take that challenge and I take it outside and and I do it on the grill. And so far with very few exceptions uh, I've been extremely pleased with the results. Hmm, really good. And I'm just curious, what have been some interesting exceptions that you've had where maybe something, some certain thing didn't really turn out or it didn't really work? That's kind of interesting to think about that. What What would you say? Well, um, I haven't, I personally haven't had much luck with cookies. <laughs> so on the grill um, and on the stones. I mean, I've I've been able to do some cookies um, but I also use a Himalayan salt stone and, and that's where my, really my epic fail was with using the, the Himalayan salt stone and trying to cook cookies on that. Um, cheesecake is one that I've almost got it down, but it absorbs a lot of smoke. And if you're not careful, it, it's too much. Mm. And, and that doesn't work too well. Although I do have a cheesecake dumpling recipe that I, that I do at competitions Whoa. Whoa. and it's a big hit. It goes over well. It tastes amazing, but oh, I, well, I, I love cheese. I'm going to have to get this recipe. I love cheesecake. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's an amazing, uh, and it's super easy. It's super easy. It's amazing. And, and, mm. um, it, it does well, but just a regular straightforward, 
you know, uh, cheesecake that you, that you would bake, uh, it absorbs so much smoke that it's almost um, uh, unedible if you're not careful. Hmm. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think a cheesecake though, with a little bit of that smoky texture, especially on the crust, a tiny bit of it, that would, that would kind of appeal to me as someone who Mm -hmm. loves cheesecake, but I certainly see what you're saying. If if it absorbs too much of the fumes and, and smoke from the grill, um, that would be, that would certainly be um, not really, not really yeah. edible. Yeah, it's it's not appealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be careful with it. Well, certain, I mean, certain food just doesn't doesn't really lend itself to that. Um, I mean, cheesecake is a baked good, yeah. So that is more of a bakery, you know. It's it's interesting because in talking to you, we basically can say that you're one of the things you do is to try to combine. A, a bakery and a and a barbecue at the same time, which would be that. So that's yeah. the cheesecake on the grill would be the combination of and a bakery and a barbecue. So that's yeah. that's that's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. And so specifically, what what technology uh, have you found to be the most uh, accessible uh, for blind people in this uh, in the culinary field here? So talking thermometers. Are, 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 you know, something that I use uh, constantly. So uh, using a talking thermometer is, is something that I do every day. But also there's a controller in, in the company um, that's called Flame Boss, who's out of Florida. And they created this controller for uh, ceramic grills. And this controller connects to the grill. It connects through Wi-Fi. And it's got a fan and it's got probes you can monitor your temperature of not only your, your pit, but also your food. And if you want to raise the temperature of the pit, you know, through your, your iPhone uh, or your Amazon device, you can just tell it, you know, to tell flame boss to raise the temperature or lower the temperature and it adjusts the fan speed so that it controls the airflow to your fire. Uh, And, and being able to do that, has really opened up the world because, you know, for a long time in my cooking, I was always asking my kids or my wife, you know, to come out and check the temperature, you know, because I I did want to pay attention to the temperature of my pit. And and when this device came along, being completely accessible um, and, and, and actually it, it was partially accessible at first. I contacted them and asked them if it was accessible and they said, let's send you one and you tell us. And so I got it and I got back with them, said, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. And they, they revamped everything to make sure that it would work for the blind and visually impaired. Wonderful. So good. So good. Yeah, it is. And, 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 you know, so they're an awesome company for that respect, but, but that's probably my, my biggest tool uh, that I use other than the grill itself. And, and the grill itself is, is somewhat unique uh, for, uh, being able to use it for someone who's blind or visually impaired, because I use the Big Green Egg, which is a ceramic grill and, and fairly popular and well-known grill. And the reason that I use the ceramic grill is because not only does it insulate so well, but I can be cooking at 350, 400 degrees, or even 500 degrees, and I can touch the outside of the grill and not burn myself. Mm. It'll be warm, it'll be hot, and I can't just lean on it and stay there, but I can feel around the grill, I can touch the grill, and I'm not burning myself. And that that was really a game changer for me, going from a metal grill where I was so quick and, you know, and leaving, you know, always burning myself, leaving skin behind if I wasn't careful, to something where I could just be very... Uh, you know, myself and just feel around where things are and actually touch the grill in the middle of a cook and not have to worry about burning myself. Wow. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Those grills can get extraordinarily hot. So yeah. how, now how is it designed though? How is it possible for you to be able to um, just, you know, touch the outside shell of the grill without burning yourself? I mean, that's, that's really cool. How, how's that even possible? Yeah, well, it's ceramic, so it's not a metal mm. grill, you know, so it's all ceramic, and in it's, it, it's in the Kamadu or Kamado class of grills, which are from Japan, and they're all made out of ceramics, and 
they they retain the heat and they're very well insulated just for the fact that they're ceramic. Uh, and, but, you know, so when you reach and touch the outside of that grill, you're not touching a metal grill that's transferring heat constantly from inside to out. Um, you know, you're touching this ceramic piece of, uh, of uh, material that, what, you know, again, it's, it's hot, but it's not going to burn you. Right. Interesting. All right. Um, so what was the most advanced uh, competition that you have participated in, or perhaps the most interesting or prestigious competition? The most pre- prestigious competition was actually the, uh, the uh, Eggtoberfest. <laughs> and, and I did say Eggtoberfest. <laughs> Big Green Egg Headquarters puts on a cook every October in, in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And there will be about 500 cook teams. And we will feed anywhere from four to 5,000 people that come through and, and sample the food that you're cooking. Uh, and so that was the largest competition, the most prestigious, because it's the big daddy of them all when it comes to big green egg competitions. And um, and we took first place the, uh, three years ago. Wow. Holy moly. I mean, thousands of that's so what and, and what was your dish uh, that you used to win to win this competition? Wow. Uh, we had several. We did some um, some uh, Korean wonton. Um, um, oh man, uh, pastrami. Um, and, and so we had uh, pastrami that we had put in wontons and, and, and deep fried on the big green egg. Um, that, that was one of the dishes we did tri-tip. So we had, uh, we had several tri-tips that we reverse seared low and slow smoke at first up to about 120 internal temperature, you know, really still pretty rare. And then we raise the temp on the egg up to about 550. And then we sear both sides for a few minutes um, and then slice it real thin and served it. Um, we, uh, of course, we had um, um, brisket egg rolls. Uh, we, we did a lot of, th- we, it, it, we didn't have just one dish. We tried to serve up a variety and really show what the big green egg can do. Um, you know, their motto is the ultimate cooking experience. And it really is because you can go from low and slow smoke, high heat pizza, you know, like a brick oven pizza type, um, you know, uh, oven. And it's all with charcoal, you know, it's all with, with charcoal and, and uh, you can bake grill, I mean, everything on it. And so we really just tried to showcase that more than anything else. Excellent. And what was the, I mean, apart from winning this competition, then what, what happens if you win? What's the uh, prize here? Apart from knowing that you won, was there any other amazing or unusual prize that came out of this? Um, unusual, not, not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, um, the, there, we had several of us on the cook team. There were probably 15 of us on this cook team. Uh, and uh, I received a big banner. Everybody signed, including the the president and everyone involved at Big Green Egg, uh, a big banner, you know, for the Egg Fest that uh, that was presented to me. And then, um, uh, you know, there were, you know, little things. We got, we got like a Big Green Egg, um, some accessories for the grill, some a, a Dutch oven, um, a. a Oh. Cast iron, Dutch there oven. There you go. Okay. So yeah. you, you get more supplies if you win this competition. Exactly. Yeah, yes, absolutely. That's, cool. that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's really, really, really fascinating. And so would you say that you use this grill of yours? I mean, is it every day, three days a week? Or is it, you know, how, how often are you grilling? Every single day? So if if you would have asked me that question six months ago, it would have been every day. <laughs> So um, I was in a car wreck and broke both my arms back on the day before Thanksgiving. And oh, la, la, la. yeah. Really? Oh, that's yeah. yeah. So, so I've had a slow, oh. uh, slowly getting back to it, but I'm probably at three times a day uh, over the past couple, you know, month or so. But generally it's, I mean, it's all year round. I mean, I've cleared snow away to be able to, you know, light it up and, and do what we need to do. Awesome. Awesome. And how, and how, how does it light? Just 
how, how do you how do you get it started? Yeah, well, that and that's something um, that's kind of interesting as well because um, you can use because the the charcoal we use is not regular briquettes like a lot of people think of, like a Kingsford briquette. That's not what we're using. We're using a lump charcoal, which is a wood that they burn in a kiln, and then it, it's it's lump like lumps of actual wood. It burns very clean and hmm. creates very little ash. And you can use um, like a starter stick. You can uh, you can take a, a little bit of um, oil on a paper towel, stick in there and light it, and it'll get the charcoal lit. But I actually have a little torch that I use. And so I light the torch, stick the <laughs> okay. torch in there and, and, uh, and have and, fun uh, with and, and, and hope you, you stick that's the torch right. in and, and hope and, and hope and pray is what you do. That's, that's, yeah, that's right. that's right. Who doesn't like fire? I mean, come on. Also, who doesn't like fire? Oh, yeah. that's, who doesn't like fire? Okay. Who doesn't, ah, that's going to be, that's okay. You gave me a good title. Who doesn't love, who doesn't like, who doesn't love fire? Ooh, that's I like right. that title. That's what this is called. Who doesn't love fire? Mm. At first, I'm actually, I'm not going to, actually, I never lie to guests. At first, in okay. the back that's of my good. mind, as, in the back of my mind, I was almost going to name this episode, I refuse to eat Kasha because that would be pretty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but no, no, I. But no, who doesn't love to play with fire? That's that's way. That's that's a cool. That's a cool title. All yeah. right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's really good for you know. In my in my own situation, uh, I happen for many reasons happen to live with my parents, and my brother, um, and my extremely old uh, and retired um, and sick uh, guide dog. Um, she's thirteen now and has has uh, several basically the the kidney failure and se- several different mm-hmm. health issues several different end of life issues basically so i'm taking care of her every day but my parent yeah my parents cook uh they sometimes my parents use our grill but they they prefer the gas grill you know where you buy the um the canister right. of gas you plug it in they prefer that that way um there's some it's it's pretty good you know but i can totally see how this particular green egg uh grill I, funny Strange thing to say, but funny you mentioned. I might, I might seriously need some more information about this particular grill because, uh, because my father's looking to get a grill and he he's looking into something called like a Traeger or something like that. Traeger. Yeah, that's a pellet. Yeah. Yep, that's a pellet grill. Yeah, you're you're probably familiar with that. Have have you? Do you have any experience with those? Um, that yes, I do. And as in fact, I have a pellet grill, um, that is is a different brand, um, but. Um, they probably the best way to cook chicken is on a pellet grill. Uh, some of the best chicken I've ever had has been on a a pellet grill for some reason. It just seems to do really well. I don't like them when it comes to beef and and some of the pork. Um, but, but they, but you can do a lot of really good things. A lot of people do great cooks on pellet grills. They're very easy. You know, you pour in the pellets, you turn it on and set the temp and then, it just, it just works. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, and so, so they, they work well, they, they, right. they can, um, but they're, they're definitely not my, I would take a pellet over a gas any day, but if I have the option, I would go with, with um, charcoal. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's that's really interesting because the, uh, you know, I'm I'm 28, so you know, back when I was a boy, the charcoal made a lot, um, kind of made made a bigger mess, you know. It was it, a, yeah, and there are there are accessories. I mean, I wear gloves when I'm messing mm-hmm. with it, um, and but with this charcoal, the lump charcoal we talked about, you know, I'll fill up the 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 basket of my charcoal basket in the in the egg, and I light it. And I'll cook a little while. And when I shut the egg down, you know, it's airtight. So it puts the fire out. And then when I go back to relight that grill, I don't have to add charcoal for a few cooks. I can just relight what's in there. And, you know, I'll get three, four cooks uh, before I even add any other lump charcoal again to it. Mm. And mm. it creates very little ash. So it, it's not as, as dirty um, you know, I mean, there's gonna, anytime there's, there's something burning, there's going to be, you know, uh, that possibility, but, um, uh, it's, it's not as bad as what most people think of, especially when you burn briquettes and you left with this huge pile of ash that you clean out every time. And it's not like that with these, uh, Kamado grills. Hmm. 
Well, that's really, yeah, this is, this is really fascinating. I think, I think without doubt, um, when I, when I tweet you this episode after it's been, you know, produced and set up in our station, I think, I think I would like more information about this green egg uh, system that you have. It's really, re- really yeah. fascinating. I would, I would love to learn more about that technology because that's you know, really- combine that with that flame boss I was telling you about, and it's mm. just about the same as a pellet grill because you can actually set the temp and once you've got it lit and walk away and it'll bring it up to the temp you want. So yeah, there, I will definitely talk more about that. Oh, sure. Sure. That's, that's really cool. Really cool. All right. So um, now when you are not grilling, what are some things that you like to, you know, do uh, in, uh, in the kitchen? Uh, we have about, about four minutes until the break. Okay. Um, yeah, well, usually kitchen is, is really for me just for prep. So <laughs> if you're asking what I like, just, if I like to do in the kitchen, it's, it's really, uh, if I can do it outside, I'm going to do it outside. So, um, I, you know, kitchen is really just a place for prep for me. Um, but you know, unless I'm doing like a no bake cheesecake, so I love desserts. <laughs> so, uh, so I do, I do a lot of that, but, uh, you know, if I get away from cooking as a whole, um, you know, I, I love to be outdoors, you know, I love, you know, fishing and, and doing all kinds of things that I can outdoors for sure. Oh, that's so good. So wonderful. Yeah. For me, the outdoor hobby, um, my father and I did a lot. We, we went sailing a lot and that sailing is really, is really amazing. Um, ever since, um, and I, I, I do not talk about it on my podcast. You're going to hear, you're going to understand instantly, but, um, it be in light of the health thing uh in our country in around the world um we've i've had mm-hmm. to stay in a lot more so sure. this this whole year you know has been kind of a uh, you know type of thing type of thing but yeah um, yeah it's been nice to say there you go so so before all this we would go sailing and we were we were a lot more active in the summer um for uh for personal reasons my location is is undisclosed that's another whole nother long story um, but, um, wherever I am somewhere, somewhere in North America, we, you know, we have the, the super hot in the summer is super cold in the winter. Uh, anything else in the fall and the spring. So, um, yeah. so I love, I love those, those outdoor, outdoor activities. In fact, when I was much younger, I skied, I skied in the winter. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's, and, uh, what can you what can you tell us about? I believe your state is uh, Missouri, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. That's an interesting place. I've never been. What can you tell us uh, in the remaining two minutes? What can you tell us about about Missouri? You know, Missouri is it's very beautiful, actually. I mean, I grew up here. Uh, so, and because I could see as a child, I know what a lot of things used at least used to look like, but there's lots of, lots of lakes. There's lots of hills. I'm in the Ozark mountains. Uh, nothing like the, um, the Rockies and certainly nothing like, you know, the Smokies or anything like that, but uh, it's still kind of mountainous for, for this region. And, um, it's very hot and humid in the summer, very cold and a lot of ice in the portion of Missouri I live in, in the winter. And so, uh, you know, we do have spring and, and fall seasons, you know, so we don't go usually from one to the other. Um, but it's been very rainy this year. So that's kind of, mm. of course, you know, we've been kept inside anyway, but uh, the yeah. rain has uh, kind of dampened a lot of fishing trips as well. I can, yeah, that, that, but you know what, though, that's, and that is the, that is the blessing and curse with outdoor activities, that you're always, always at the weather's mercy, and in my yeah. side of the country, it's, I, I, I can always predict, and then I'm always wrong, it, you know, the weather, yeah, right. I, no, I, I kid, I kid you not, and listener, you're going to be shocked, Chris, you will, you will understand, once, I mean, this is, looking back, it's hilarious, in a, in a sense, but it's just annoying as heck. You know, my father and I, we plan a sale. You know, I take off work that morning. A bit of a long story. I'm an online teacher. So I, I don't sign up for my classes that morning to, to, to work. We get out and we figure out that the meteorology, you know, station, they reversed the reports accidentally. They got all the, all the wind numbers were wrong, where they said it was high, it was low, where they said low, it's high. They got, they they reversed it. They got the whole thing wrong and then we couldn't sail. So that's, that must be, I I mean, I mean, I don't fish, but I completely understand that, that frustration. Yeah. 
with weather. Um, yeah, does your now does your green egg work uh, if it's uh, you know complete downpour? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it will. Uh, there are certain caps because y- you've got two vents, and and um, and we and we can get into this if you uh, need to take a break. Sure, but. sure, sure. So let's. So sure, sure, and I would I would love to hear more about that aspect of the technology. By the way, listener, my name's Aaron Richmond. Aaron Richmond. Uh, he's Chris Peltz. This is Aaron's opinion on all the plat on all of the podcast platforms, Caroline Radio and Blind Advocate Radio. As I like to say, Aaron's opinion, KCGN, will be right back. Welcome back, listener. How are you? My name's Aaron Richmond. This is the Aaron's Opinion Pod, Aaron's Opinion Podcast on all of the podcast platforms, Caroline Radio and Blind Advocate Radio. Welcome back. We're with uh, Chris Peltz this evening, the host of the Blind Grilling Experience. Before the break, um, you were I was asking you if your grill uh, works in the rain. You were saying it did. Let's get back into that, and then I do have some other questions about other things. So go right ahead. Yeah. yeah. So the the grill works kind of like a chimney effect. You got a bottom vent that brings in air, and a top vent on the very top that that takes it out, and it's shaped like an egg. Uh, but the the top vent um, is situated in such a way that uh, when it's open, as it as it swivels open, um, if you're not careful in a huge downpour, you know you can get some rain in it. But they do have special caps that you can buy that vent it out um, it, more in a vertical way. Uh, the cap does, and so you can have it in a complete downpour, not worry about water getting into the egg. So regardless of the weather, the the egg is good. Um, I've actually got it under a cover on my back deck. And so I'm able to cook without, you know, getting wet myself if it is raining. So, uh, so I'm good there. But if someone doesn't, you can hold an umbrella over themselves and the egg will be good. Hmm. All right. So um, earlier you were saying how you help. One of the things you do is you encourage blind people to lead uh, active lives and independent lives. So, by the way, uh, my day job is I'm a teacher. If you would like, what do you do? What's how do you spend time I, during the day? Yeah, during the day, I'm a gospel preacher. I work with the Southside Church of Christ here in in uh, in Springfield. Oh, wonderful, so, so so good. I'm so well. You're you, I, I'm so pleased and honored to have my first uh, preacher as as a guest. That's 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 yeah. wonderful. So so, so yeah, yeah. And so so I, I'm I'm busy with that. I actually I do a podcast for the church as well, um, and so we you know I'm doing that every Tuesdays and Thursdays and then uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, before we meet at the building. So, you know, so I'm busy doing several, uh, several works there uh, with the church. And then also I'm the executive director of Blind Grilling Incorporated, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. And what we do is we provide accessible grilling packages to veterans, first responders, and others who have lost their sight. Hmm. Tell me all about that. That's exact. That's the type of organization I want to learn more about. So let's talk about that more. Tell me. Sure. Yeah. So uh, when I started on YouTube three years ago, just to uh, do videos to have record of me cooking with my kids. And and I started getting a lot of comments, folks who were blind or visually impaired were finding the, uh, the content, they were commenting and just really appreciative of what I was doing on, on those videos. And so I, I kind of ran with that for a little while. And then 
here in in our town, we had a police officer five years ago who was shot in the head while pursuing uh, a suspect, and he survived, but he lost one eye completely, had very severe brain damage, and um, and just you know, I just changed his life forever. And I thought, you know, I would love to give back to someone, to you know, to, to those who serve our communities and in our country. And, and I didn't really know how other than, you know, to share with them, you know, the ability to do something they may think that they won't be able to do again. And so we started Blind Grilling and we, you know, and set it up as a nonprofit. Um, we actually did a fundraiser when we first got started a few years ago at the Big Green Egg headquarters because I contacted them about what we were doing and, and they were all on board um, to help with that. And so we started raising money to be able to provide those packages. And we provided one to a corrections officer in Illinois who ended up going blind. We, we provided it to an army veteran in Florida, um, another guy in, down in Texas. We've done a couple here in Missouri. With that, in fact, that police officer last year um, who, who had been shot five years prior, uh, we, uh, a year ago, um, last week, we delivered um, an accessible package to him. And so it, it came full circle for us in that. And, we, you know, we were just so thrilled that we were able to, you know, put these packages together and get folks on board that we can not only provide them these packages that they can use these grills in not fear of burning themselves, um, but the, the technology that, you know, the talking thermometers, the accessible probes and, um, you know, and other accessibility items that they're able to, you know, independently go out, fire up a grill, cook a meal for their families, for themselves, and and have that confidence and and the pride in themselves about, you know, what they've been able to accomplish when even if they didn't know if they could do it again, probably others were telling them they would never do it again. And And we wanted to say, no, no, you can, and we're here to help. Well, thank thank you. I I immensely immensely appreciate that. Uh, I am someone who uh, tremendously supports, uh, you know, supports. I support you know the military and community. I'm a member of my Lions Club, so I I totally understand the meaning um, of community service and giving and giving back to people. But really, giving back to people, really helping people, and that whole idea of giving that giving that freedom to someone who's recently lost their vision it's that that's really that's really liberating that's that's really that's really cool so i mean what what would the package include i mean it would include some of these thermometers and and accessible technology but then do they also get a grill with with the package yeah we we yeah so we've provided six complete packages which include the the big green egg itself uh, as well as that, you know, the flame boss and the talking thermometers and, and other accessories. Um, but we've we've put together over 14 um, packages that did not include the grill because they had either they were able to purchase a grill themselves or a family member purchased the grill. Um, but we provided them with the the flame boss and other accessories that helped them to be able to manage it independently. Um, but it also includes rubs and sauces. We have uh, companies that have partnered with us that provide rubs and, and sauces and, um, and, and other accessories as well. So, um, so that's, you know, we try to put a full package together and, and when possible, especially with the full cooks where we teach them how to use the grill, uh, we actually provide the uh, the meat and whatever sides and we actually walk them through their first cook that's awesome i i love that i yeah. perfect so good so good well um that's really that's that's perfect i i certainly <laughs> um i certainly i certainly want to learn more about that organization i certainly i really i i, I agree that's that's a great great thing um all right Mm. So in all in all your years of running, in all your years of running, um, 
that that organization. Uh, how many states have you reached with your organization? Have you served people, you know, all over the country with this organization? Have you gotten as far as Alaska, Hawaii, California? Where 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 have these blind people uh, been living all over the country? So um, the the first package we were supposed to deliver was in Florida, but as we were on our way to Florida. <laughs> Uh, the hurricanes came a few years ago and up through Tampa and, and we were actually going to deliver to an army vet on nine 11. And that's when that hurricane hit. So that was put on halt. He ended up being the second delivery. Um, But from uh, Illinois uh, we've uh, so from Florida to Illinois, Texas, Missouri, um, those have been the complete, packages that we've that we've delivered uh some of the partial packages include uh texas california nevada um uh pennsylvania and and new york uh oh and the carolinas uh we've we've sent some things to folks in the carolinas uh and georgia and tennessee as well so um so we've we've covered a lot of area uh with folks but um you know we're just we're you know, as we have the means, we will do more. Hmm. Hmm. That's really, really cool. So exactly how do you, so how does someone find out about your organization? Let's say they're blind. And then how would you go about actually making, you know, making the dream come true, making, creating the package, setting it up? How is that uh, delegated, I guess? Yeah. So uh, we do have a website, um, blindgrilling.org is our website. And it, it, we're we're trying to get into the process of revamping that and and updating it. Um, generally, though, our Facebook, which you know, Facebook.com/slash/blindgrilling, uh, and our YouTube, which is the same, YouTube.com/slash/blindgrilling. Um, you know, we're on Twitter and, and Instagram as well. Everything is at blindgrilling. Um, but um, you know, my email, blindgrilling at gmail.com. Uh, we have family members that contact us, you know, that uh, want us to consider, you know, someone that they, they know or they love for packages. Uh, but really, it's, it's uh, you know, we've got more people to serve than we can serve, I'll tell you that, you know, because especially after all this hit, we haven't done any fundraising this year. This has all just been, uh, you know, just such a terribly, terrible event, you know, this year that, so right. many places businesses hit so hard that we just i'm i just you know it's bad and i i hate asking for money anyway <laughs> you know you just hate doing that and and so uh and i know when it comes to being a nonprofit, you know you got to get past that but um usually it's word of mouth and and uh, so as we have the funds we'll put packages together and we'll try to deliver those and um, you know, and, and we've had some that fam, like I said, family have helped, they've gotten in touch with us. And like we would love to, but we can't do a full package. And they've said, well, you know, we'll do some, you know, and, and, and then we'll do the rest. So it's, you know, things work out, you know, um, in that respect, but they can contact me through all the social media and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, go through a review process especially for veterans and first responders who have, who have suffered vision loss so quickly, you know, we generally want them to have that grieving time and to get to the point where they're ready to move on. Um, you know, that's, in, you know what I, 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 when you started to say that I was confused and then you explained it because yeah. I would have thought on one hand, uh, as someone, I'm 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 open about it, and you know what, listener, if if you disagree with me, please please listen to another podcast. But I'm someone who supports veterans, um, and I'm someone who, in in my heart, uh, actually wanted to be in the military when I was a young person, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Not not understanding that I cannot, uh, but certainly I'm someone who supports the military 100%. So I would have thought, I mean, if I if I was running a, a nonprofit that that did this type of thing, and I found out, oh, you know, Michael, you know, he's just come back now, he's blind. I would have thought, oh, well, I have to get him the grill as quickly as possible so he can really get into, you know move on as quickly as possible. But I totally get what you're saying, that it seems like you have found that you do have to let the veteran go through the, the stages of grief, the, the denial, the negotiation, and then eventually the acceptance of saying, well, now that I'm blind, 
that's that's tough but that's yep. life and i'm going to do things differently yeah yep. so that that must be you know incredibly incredibly frustrating for veterans and first responders and really as i said earlier incredibly frustrating if you're an adult but certainly i, I mean i i never make comparisons but it it's kind of harder, I think, if you're a veteran and then you come home to have to have a disability. I mean, I'm, um, I, I, I don't, I'm sorry to say it so in such a, I'm, I, I'm a very blunt, blunt and, and, out, and, out, and outspoken guy, but I think that that, mu that must be really tough to, ser oh, to, yeah. serve, to serve our country and then you come home and, oh, now I have a disability. So I totally get what you're saying. You have to let, let them um, go through the, grief, the, the, the grieving and the, the adjustment. Does your organization provide any, uh, any sort of counseling or outreach if the veteran needs, needs help? Yeah, uh, no, we don't. Event? Yeah, we, right. we don't. We, we're not set up for that. I right. mean, re really, I mean, I am the, <laughs> the organization. So, I mean, it's, it's not, this isn't a, a you know, uh, we don't have people everywhere. It, it's, it's me right here doing what I can with my family. Um, and, and then the help from all of those, you know, the partners that we have around us, other organizations that are v very well equipped for that, uh, type of thing. Um, um, oh, um, are, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on right now. Some WB, RWB um, is, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, I know I think of red, white, and blue, but uh, there's another name I think for it, but um, they, they do a lot of that. They do a lot of outdoor activities. They get together, you know, with veterans, but they also have the means for counseling. Um, and usually they can be set up through the veterans administration and other, other places. But unfortunately I think our country has, has just um, dropped the ball when it comes to veterans who oh, come back with disabilities. Completely, and it, and you know what, and it, and that, and that is something that I find very, very disgusting and very disheartening and disrespectful. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am not a veteran, so I'm not, I'm not able to speak for them. But as a successful American, or in my opinion, I'm successful. I don't know. I've, I'm blind. You know, college degree. I'm a teacher, podcaster. I try to educate the world. So. As far as I'm concerned, I'm successful, yeah. um, and I I try to improve myself just a tiny bit every day if I'm not. So, um, but I I think that it's I think that it's disturbingly offensive that our country, especially Veterans Administration, has has basically said, okay, uh, yeah, we yeah we just we just don't care. Is is to me that's what it's that's what it says to me is that they don't care. Yeah, and I know that's not what it means. I know that they really do care. But I, I, I do I do have a problem with that. I am challenged by that because, you know, I don't know. That's, 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 it, that's it's that, a very that, frustrating that thing yeah. because we don't know where to really, you know, uh, um, fix the kink in the system because, you know, you, you get one out and it seems like there's another one that is now, you know, they've discovered now. And, and it's just working through all that when it, it, it should have just been done right to begin with, but I think we have folks now trying to get it done and, and it's definitely better than it was, but, you know, still there's problems, they're working through it. And, and, you know, it, what little we can do, that's what, that's where we come in and, and we Precisely. try to let them know, you know what, now that, you know, you've got your family support, you know, they're backing, you're ready to find out, all right, let's, I'm going to do everything I can to live a productive life and be productive then we try to show them just how productive really they, they can be. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes we, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that uh, they end up role reversal when it comes to husbands and wives and the husband is now staying at home with the kids and, and they're, they're wanting to be a productive member of their home. And, and, you know, every, every time we think about this, we always think of society and my experience has been, if we can help them to be productive in the home, the society follows. I mean, they, they become productive in society um, because they're productive in the home. And it, it, just, it just goes from the home outwards. And once they're taking care of their family, they help start taking care of their neighbors and they start taking care of their neighborhoods. And it just, it just goes out from there. But I think it, it starts in the home. Wonderful. Yeah, I think you were talking about that issue about how a lot of men who, well, who get married and then they lose their vision later on, 
go through that struggle of deciding, well, you know, which of which, of course, since, since I'm single, I, I cannot understand that. But, you know, that that must be very, that must be really strange having to try to, I suppose, convince, you know, convince a partner, convince a wife that you're still able, capable and, and, and productive. Um, yeah. That, that yeah, be, be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because not only are they thinking they can't do anything, but sometimes it, it it's the spouse who's not any better at, at their thoughts. You know, well, what can they do now? And they, while they want to be supportive in the back of their mind, they're thinking that, you know, with the, whatever the disability is, particularly with blindness, they're thinking, you know, that they're just not going to be productive and, and, and the help that they, that they want. And just as that veteran, that first responder, they didn't ask to lose their sight. Well, you know, the family, the, the wife, the, the kid, they didn't ask for them to lose their sight either, but now they're all in that situation and it, they, they need to work through it together. And, and that's where we find, you know, the strongest core, uh, you know, of help is when we're able to work through that together. Um, and so sometimes it's, it's not so much educating those who have lost their sight as it can be educating their family. Without doubt, without doubt. Well, that's all, that's all really, um, really important. Within the remaining basically nine and a half minutes, um, you know, this, this hour flies by, always does. Yeah, yeah, does. Um, uh, now, what, what was your motivation in life to become a preacher? You're, you, you have a beautiful voice. You're, you're a great speaker. Um, so why, why did you become, wh- what was your calling to become a preacher? So... I'm, I'm, it was a, I was a heathen growing up. <laughs> I mean, I was a little, you know, I mean, I worked on a farm. I, I was raised right in a lot of ways, but I, I wasn't raised as a Christian by any means. And, um, you know, I went, went to school, you know, graduated high school. I, um, started college. Um, I, I've, I've held several jobs, but, um, I, I made a choice during college that, uh, what the way I was living wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't happy. And, and what I was doing wasn't going to bring me happiness. And that was obvious. So I wanted to change. And that's when I really started seeking the truth. And, and so I, I, I found the truth. I found the Lord and I obeyed the gospel, um, you know, had met my wife who became my wife. And, um, you know, we got married and I actually had ended up losing my job shortly after we got married. I worked for a heating and cooling company uh, doing ductwork cleaning and other things like that. And uh, we, we moved to Kansas City, Missouri. And while in Kansas City, I got a job as a contractor with the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, in their IT department as, a, in essence, a glorified secretary. I, I would just take computer programmers' notes uh, on programs and make it to where, you know, regular folks could understand what they were talking about. And in the meantime, someone had asked me if I would fill in preaching one Sunday, they were going to be gone. And so um, I had help getting a lesson together and I went and I preached at a small country church. And as soon as I gave that lesson, when we got out in the car, I told my wife, I said, I, 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 I know what I want to do now. Um, you know, I had a job opportunity to move to Austin, Texas, and I, I called them up and I said, forget it. No, nope, I'm, I'm going another direction altogether. And she supported me. She was behind me through it all. And um, we, we ended up moving to Kentucky and I worked with a church there who had a preacher training program. And, um, and I've been preaching for over 20 years now. Beautiful. Yeah, it's really all about it's really all about the opportunities that kind of sneak up on us like that without any yeah, warning. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's strange for me. Um, I I always wanted my own radio show, so my dream came true. But in university, I didn't study communications or broadcasting. Right, I, right. I, I, I obviously not right because if I had studied it, I wouldn't be doing it right. So I studied international relations. Um, and then I got into teaching English online after I graduated. This is about five years ago. I got into the teaching. And then, as I said, last August, I was just, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what it was that really, that really, that really capsized me right, in, right into podcasting. But then, mm-hmm. then something really, two interesting things happened that you, you, you would love this. 
then one of my other blind friends in, in the community, I, I don't know if he's on the Facebook group, but he's someone who I know in real life. So that's, that's even more interesting, not just on Facebook, but a real, a real person. Yeah. He, he, started a po- he started a podcast. And one of the first things he said was that, listener, I want you to know basically that I started this podcast because someone named Aaron Richmond inspired me to start a podcast. And then right there, I was just, I was just fascinated by that. I was just touched. I was just touched by that. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah. That's, that's both. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's really weird. And that's a really weird reason to start a podcast. And yeah. then it started to click for me. Well, maybe my dream to become a broadcaster and educate the world will really come true. Right. So then there was this guy, some person uh, on the other side of the country from us. And he started liking my posts and stuff like that. And then one day I just started talking to him and he's like, um, yeah, I have a radio station. Do you want to be on the radio? Like basically <laughs> like, so basically, yeah. do you want a show? I'm going to give you a show. And then I was like, well, let me, let me look into it. I had to look into whether my distributor even allowed me to, to distribute my content and they do. And then it was just a simple matter of, okay, set up Dropbox. Okay. Push play. Okay. Your dream to become a talk show host just came true. That's just, awesome. Just like that. So simple, just simply talking to the right person exactly the right second. And that is a fascinating thing. And I find it, I find it actually to be kind of sad that our country has come to that where the opportunities we get are not necessarily always based upon merit. They're generally based on who we encounter along oh, yeah. the way, along the journey. It's not and what I, you know, but who you know. And I don't know if that's right or not, you know, philosophically with you. I don't know if that's yeah. truly... I don't know if that's right or not. I don't know if that's ethically right or ethically wrong. I haven't figured it out. What I have figured out is that I love doing it. I'm appreciative. And yes. I try to learn, I try to learn one thing, you know, one interesting thing from, from guests. Um, I'm, it's interesting. That's so wonderful that you're a preacher. When I heard your voice, um, you kind of sound like you're someone who did public speaking and maybe you did, <laughs> maybe you did mention it, but once you said it tonight, I wasn't, I was not at all surprised. Yeah. So well, think, you know, yeah, what's funny that. in college, I failed public speaking. Well, right. But I, right. That's, <laughs> I did. I, I couldn't well, do it. I couldn't get in front of people. The, well, okay. But you know, if you had passed it, then you wouldn't have become the preacher. If <laughs> that's I said probably right, broadcasting, yeah. I wouldn't have that's become right. the broadcaster. You but know? Yeah, one thing I did uh, yeah. for 12 years in both Louisville, Kentucky and Denver, Colorado, uh, I did live call-in radio programs for the church where we did 30 minutes to an hour of a live call-in program where people could ask any question they wanted to. And so that I fell in love with that and I missed that. And that opportunity is not here, but Hmm. podcasting I think is really going to take its place. And and I think we're going to be set up to even do some live podcasting where hopefully we'll be able to take calls and and do that kind of thing. And that's my goal working towards that. Oh, you, you can absolutely, yeah, with Spreaker, you can do that. You can absolutely do that. There, there are so many ways of getting it done, but Spreaker really is the best. Uh, as far as the the setting it up and and the actual di- uh, actual distribution, yeah. How do you how do you distribute yours? Are you on Spreaker or something else? No. Uh, so my podcasts are on Spreaker, but they're not my host. Podbean is who we. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. You told me a messenger, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm just figuring this all out. So I'm right. you know right at the beginnings of that aspect of things. Um, I've I because it's free on anchor we do the church is there on anchor um and but i'm having a little bit of problem with the distribution when it comes to itunes I, um, and that's what you know what and that's what motivated me to come back and, and check out spreaker because i was thinking if this thing if this thing doesn't get onto apple then it's not going to make it and then i you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love this as as we start to wrap it up tonight you're gonna love this funny story so then i so then i get into spreaker and just a couple weeks into it i apply to apple and think nothing of it oh i i don't even have a thousand downloads this is just a waste of time well i, I fill, it out, fill it out fill it out then you just basically send in some forms into the apple and then i just push the send button i thought okay well there that went hope oh, you know there goes that mm-hmm. thing then one night i'm checking email and you get an you get an email from iTunes. I get an email from iTunes support that says, "Aaron's opinion is now available on Apple iTunes." Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I was know. like, yeah. "What?" Okay. That that I said I said out loud. I said, "Okay, well, that's a scam. Let me look. That can't that can't <laughs> that can't be right. That can't yeah. be right." And then I looked into it, and then they're like, "No, this is real. This is really going to happen." 
and here's your link. Here's, you know, the stuff will start to distribute. I mean, it takes it a couple of days. And then from right. there, I think once I hit Apple, then I really had, I really had some gas. I really had some, I really had that torch, you know, that, that's what really sparked my grill, I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, and then I reached out to the radio station and said, look, I'm on Apple. I, I think I can, I think we can start putting my show on, on the air and they haven't even gotten, they haven't even gotten to the stuff that wasn't aired on their station yet. I aired about a lot of different things before. Mm -hmm. I must tell you, I must tell you, it was, uh, it was an immense, an immense honor and an immense pleasure. I really enjoyed, really, really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, um, well, thank you. You, you, you are, all, my friend, you are always welcome. I appreciate name, that, really do. My name, my name's, my name's Aaron Richmond. Uh, there goes, there goes the clock. Uh, as I like to say, have a good day today, great day tomorrow. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.